Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am so glad you are with us this week. We are talking this week about a topic that we get asked about constantly. We have you guys write in about it. We have you talk to us about it at different events. And that question is, how can moms work and homeschool at the same time? And I know many of us today need to do that because of just where we are in the world. Or maybe some of you have taken your kids out of public school or private school and you want to homeschool them, but you have to work and you're not exactly sure how to balance those things. And it can be tricky. I I work some uh, from home. Of course, I do the podcast. It doesn't just happen by itself. Truth be told, my husband does the way majority of the work for the podcast. I get to just sit and have conversations with people. Um, But I do work from home and it is a blessing to my family that I get to do that. And I love working with my husband, but some of you need to work maybe full-time from home, whatever that might look like for you. Um, Katie Horner is with us this week. She's a new guest and she is kind of the expert at this. She's a homeschool mom. Um, She works from home and she's going to give some really good practical advice and pointers on how you can tie those two things together and help bring financial support to your family. But before we get into our conversation with Katie, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com and try them out for free, ctcmath.com. Well, Katie Horner, welcome to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. It is such a pleasure to meet you. Tell us a little bit about you and your ministry. Yvette, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and share with your audience today. Um, My husband, Tap, and I uh, moved to Mexico 16 years ago to be Uh, in ministry full-time. We never planned to work from home as you're describing it, um, but that was to be in the Lord's plans for us. And uh, the first step was getting us to Mexico, uh, where we have lived for the last 16 years. And then the second step was for us to go through a series of different changes in ministry opportunities that left us in dire need of funds. And what does a mama do when you need money is think, how do I make this money? (laughs) And so... God started um, working in our hearts to with this desire to start a business. And we said, but we, you know, we don't have business background. My husband went to school for electric, electric and carpentry and was going to go to Mexico as a missionary and skipped the last year, which was the business training, you know? And I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, but Katie was never going to be in business. So she didn't get the training, you know? Long story short, we did start the business because God said to, and we pioneered a homeschool curriculum. Then we took what we learned with that business and started a a coaching business, which we're still doing today under the Flamingo Advantage brand. And I know we'll get into that and other things, but along the way, those five children still have to be educated. And um, it's just been a fabulous journey of learning to blend all that we do into the life that God has given and be able to use it for his purposes. Yeah. Amen. Talk a little bit about your homeschooling in Mexico, because I imagine that this is quite different in a lot of ways than what it looks like for us here in the States. What made you decide to homeschool and what does that look like for you and your family? Well, depending on where you live in Mexico, you may have different things available to you. Um, There are um, multiple thousands of homeschoolers in Mexico and now way more than there were, you know, 16 years ago. Uh, however, depending on on where you live, you know, resources are different and things like that. But in Mexico right now, homeschooling is not protected by law. It's also not pro- prohibited by law. And so as a as a Mexican citizen, 
there are, are certain avenues that you would take, but as an expat living here, our children can also claim U.S. citizenship, which gives us a little more freedom in that area. And so oh, wow. we pretty much can homeschool our children um, as if they were enrolled in a school in the United States. Under, um, under that, we can create a transcript um, for our homeschool, just as if we lived in North Carolina or South Dakota or wherever. Um, and then we can we can uh, create our own sort of graduation certificate along those lines, following those guidelines. Um, if you are in a you know in a in a Mexican family, the the regulations are a little different, and they're changing in the next few months. There's actually a a, a government meeting around what are we going to do with this, and how are we going to um, move forward um, as a country in regards to homeschooling because it has become so much more popular, especially post-pandemic. But yeah. for us, we have a lot of liberty with what we get to do, and it's been a, a fun journey. Are there very many people in your area who homeschool, like, you know, in your neighborhood? Are you able to do like a homeschool co-op or anything like that? What does that look like for you? We have a small group of families in our city. Um, okay. And in the the next bigger city close to us, about an hour and a half away, there's probably 30 or 40 families, um, not necessarily all faith-based. Um, it's a it's a mix, but um, so there are activities there that we can participate in if we want to. Um, and then this local group of three or four families that get together, you know, probably quarterly for an activity or a get together of some kind. Um, so it's not not a lot of people where we are, but there's also, it's a smaller city as well, so. That's so cool. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. You talked about how it became necessary for your family to start bringing in some income. You were there as missionaries, which I'm assuming that since you began your journey in Mexico as a missionary, you had support from other people. Um, but it sounds to me like you came to a point where you needed to actually bring in some extra income for your family. Um, what did that look like? How did you get started? Because I know that so many moms and even dads, you know, sometimes stay-at-home dads, they're looking for ways to bring in income, but they don't even know where to start. I mean, you just kind of, I've even seen people post on social media, you know, I need to make money from home. What do I do? How do I start? What did that look like for your family? Well, for us, we'd had a series of ministry changes. So the people who had pledged to support us financially in the one thing, you know, may not have carried over to the next thing and so-and-so. And so we really did, um, we were at a point where it was either like go back to the States, which we knew we weren't called to do, or find a way to support ourselves. And um, we were we started looking, we're like, what could we do? And and it's that that question, not I can't do this, or I, you know, I can't, whatever, but what what would it look like if we could find a way to mm -hmm. earn income here? And, you know, look, what's the need? We are, we're just starting to homeschool our oldest at that point. 
um, we had four uh, under the age of seven, I think, around that time. So a fifth one came a little bit later. But at that point, you know, four little ones just starting to homeschool ourselves, looking at the curriculum we were using, which was a literature-based homeschool curriculum at the time, and thinking, what could we do? And I started researching, like, what's available for Spanish speakers who homeschool? Um, And I realized that there was only, at that point in history, there was only two or three homeschool curriculums for them to choose from in the Spanish language. And out of those, you had to speak English to order two of them, right? (laughs) And so, like, this is a big hurdle for somebody who wants to educate their children but doesn't speak English doesn't know where to get the material, and there is no such thing in the Spanish world yet as a literature-based curriculum, which we loved because I was a big children's literature buff. I had a a degree in elementary education and and curriculum development, and so this was this was where we saw the need. We could do something. We could fix this. We could provide this. We could make this better. And you know, I think seeing the need is part of knowing where to start. And then researching and taking what would it look like and what's the first step and what resources do we have? Who do we know? And in our case, um, we were able to reach out to an uh, American company that provided a an English-based, literature-based education and say, you know, hey, the Spanish world needs what you have. Um, would you let us help you translate your teacher's guides and things and create one? Or would you you know, would you be okay if we did it ourselves? Because we really feel strongly God is pushing us in this direction. And so those conversations went on for about a year and a half. And eventually um, that company decided, you know, we we love what you're doing. We don't think we need to take on the Spanish at this point. So have our blessing, go and do what God is leading you to do. And so at that point, we went ahead and started working on, you know, first a, a kindergarten level and then a first grade level. Eventually, we had preschool all the way through sixth grade of this uh, literature-based curriculum where we were finding books that were already in print in Spanish, um, books about history, biographies, you know, all, all the things, and then writing the teacher's guide with which you could teach that grade level material from those actual books. Um a little bit Charlotte Mason, a little bit, you know, Montessori, a little bit literature-based, but all hands-on and discussion and proving what you've learned by being able to reteach it and um, just a really fun curriculum based on, on literature. And so that's what we did. And we pioneered that then for the, about the next 12 years uh, in the Spanish community. I love that. So what's interesting is that you took basically what God had given you, right? That the gifts and talents and abilities that he had given you, you figured out where there was a need that needed to be met. And you said, let's figure out how to meet this need. And it's interesting that you say it took a year and a half for you to do that, because I think oftentimes people think like, we have to do this right away. Like we need to do this and it needs to be in works by next week or by next month. And Oftentimes, God doesn't work that way, right? It, it, the The timing is always very unique and different to every situation. Um, I'm thinking of Ephesians 2.10, and I actually was reading this before we came on today, and it says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so just seeing that God created you and your husband and your family for this specific work, and that He took you to Mexico for a specific reason, but then He ended up using you in other ways as well to meet the needs of the homeschool community in in Mexico. Well, and I would say probably around the world because if it's a Spanish 
curriculum that can be used in all sorts of other countries, you know, Latin countries as well. And so what a blessing that you have been obedient to use the gifts that God's given you to, to, to steward them for his kingdom, right? I mean, you, you've used what he has blessed you with. So talk on that for a minute, because oftentimes I think moms are like, I don't know what my gift is. I don't know what my passions are. I, and especially I think when our kids are really young, we feel like all of us is going into our kids. All of us is going into preparing meals and grocery shopping and doctor's appointments and changing diapers and trying to get our kids to learn how to read. And sometimes moms can get a little bit lost in that and figure out, trying to figure out what is it that I want to do? What is it that God created me for? In addition to this, obviously he created you to take care of your family, but how can um, moms, especially those who are looking to work outside of motherhood, um, and bring in some extra income, how can they really figure out what God has created them for? I think it's a cross, Yvette, between what you enjoy and um, what you're what you're good at, as well as what people ask of you, right? Because as a mom of littles um, who are starting to, to go to school, we got asked all the time, where are they going to school? Yeah. Well, we're home educating. How are you doing that? What does that mean? What does that look like? How would I do that? You know, and so if somebody asks you a question three times, that's a pretty good a pretty good indication that you have an answer people are looking for, right? Yeah. And so what is it that you get asked all the time? Or what is it that comes easy to you that other people are like, oh my goodness, I could never do that, right? That's a really good indication that there's a, a skill there that is sellable um, or that there is a, a talent there to be developed. And so... Um, but I also think it has to let you up. Um, I am not happier than when I am teaching or or talking or presenting. Um, it I love to see the light bulb come on, whether I'm talking to a four-year-old or a 45-year-old, right? Yeah. Like it just thrills my heart to see someone get something so that they can take it out and put it into practice. I love the conversations with our teenagers around the lunch table, you know, where we're throwing out questions and they're the, the things are clicking and they're finally like, oh wow, that's what that means, you know? And so that for us, it was a natural crossover between what we enjoyed, the questions we were already answering on a regular basis with our friends and acquaintances, and where we saw a need. And it didn't happen overnight, you know. And I am one of those people that like, there's no grass growing under my feet, you know. Like, <laughs> if I'm going to do it, I'm. It's going to be done. And um, it was it was an exercise in patience, you know. But I think one of the things that we have to recognize about about timing, even with God's provision, with God's leading, with God's developing desires for, of our hearts, is that, you know, patience really is the act of agreeing with God about the timing of this situation, right? I can't yeah. stop and get frustrated with a slow child if I'm agreeing with God about the timing in which this child needs to do something, right? I can't get frustrated at slow service when I'm out and about if I'm agreeing with God about the timing He has for this circumstance. And then secondly is, is asking God, what is my purpose in this circumstance, mm -hmm. right? And always saying like, what's my job here in this conversation, in this day? Yes, service is slow. What does this person need from me as we wait, right? Or yes, this child is not responding or not, not producing or not um, growing as quickly, but What's my job right now? What am I, what do they need from me in this moment? 
And and taking our eyes off of the me and putting it on what God is doing um, helps us to have that patience that we need uh, and the persistence to be able to see it through with a much more calm attitude because now it's about God. It's not about me. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about work as worship. Um, I was recently having a conversation with with both of my girls, actually, and we were talking about the idea of work and how work is a good thing. I think we, as a society, tend to think, oh, work, you know, and, and we even pass that on to our kids sometimes, like, oh, I don't want to do my chores. I don't want to have to do all the things that take effort, right? I mean, really, I would say a good portion of humans, if we could, we would just sit on the couch and watch movies all day long or read a book all day long. We don't necessarily want to have to get up and physically, you know, exert our bodies into doing physical work. But we were talking about Adam and Eve and even in the garden, even before the fall of man, before sin came into the world, Adam and Eve worked the garden. God gave them, that was like a blessing to them to be able to work in this beautiful, incredible garden that God had given them. Now, they probably didn't have the scorching sun beating down on them, giving them sunburns and, you know, being tortured by by the things that that hurt us in nature now. Um, but still, it was a good thing. And so work is a good thing. So talk about work as worship and that what that looks like and how you even have been able to pass that on to your kids. Well, I it's funny that you mentioned the the Garden of Eden and and work being there before it was hard work, right? Before there was sweat and thorns and all of that. Yeah. Uh, Ecclesiastes two twenty two says that there's nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his work. And the day that I came across that strict scripture, it struck me across the face because I had never heard anyone talk about that before. What do you mean we're supposed to find enjoyment in our work? You mean work is good, right? And then when I started studying Sabbath and I realized that God created rest, not because um, not because He needed it, but because He knew we needed it, because He knew we would be so um, so dedicated and so like into our work that if He didn't command a rest, we would never rest, yeah. right? And so I think it comes with a line when you when your work is in alignment with your purpose, when your work is in alignment with how God created you and what He's gifted you to do, then work becomes a joy. Work becomes something that that you do find enjoyment in, that you do want to keep doing, right? And and it's our our secular society, I think the enemy's strategy to try to make us think that work is bad or that it's something to be dreaded. But no, God says you will find enjoyment in your work, that that is good. There was good work before there was sin in the world, right? And so the key is walking with God. The key is knowing who my God is, what He wants for me. Because if He's created me to do this, then doing this is the best way I can worship Him, right? When you think about the illustration I use a lot is that of a toy maker. Right? If the toy maker makes a wind-up toy and this wind-up toy doesn't do what it's supposed to do, we say, oh, it's broken, it's a failure, it's, it's malfunctioning, right? It looks bad on the toy maker because it's not doing what it was supposed to do. But if that toy does exactly what it's supposed to do, that is the best thing it could do, mm-hmm. both for him, both for the toy and for the toy maker. And so when we do what we were created to do, that is our best worship. Scripture tells us not everyone is going to be a pastor or a teacher. We need people with all these different kinds of gifts. And if you were created with this gift, then doing that gift is your best worship. 
That is the best way to glorify your God is by doing what he created you to do. Yeah. I think oftentimes too, we think that our work has to be something big in order for it to matter or count, right? We have to be doing something amazing that the whole world can see. And that's not true at all. I mean, we could be doing something totally behind the scenes that nobody ever knows about. And it it could be it could be serving our family only. I mean, that is work in itself. Motherhood is no joke. Being a wife is no joke. It takes a lot of work and a lot of intention, and you cannot do it if you're lazy. Homeschooling, oh my goodness, that is not for the the lazy, right? It takes a lot of work and a lot of intention. And so whatever it is that God has called us to do in this world is totally worth it, and He is worthy of us doing it with a great attitude. I remember years and years ago, I was at a Bible study and this lady was was kind of confessing to her group. You know, she said, I just have had such a bad attitude about home chores, you know, doing dishes and doing laundry and doing, uh, you know, cooking and all those things. And she said, I really had to change my thinking pattern and realize that when I'm doing laundry, I need to be grateful and say, Lord, thank you for giving us clothes. And when I'm cooking, say, Lord, thank you for giving us food. And when I'm doing dishes, Lord, thank you for giving us dishes that we can put our food on and that I have to wash because there are people in the world who don't have these things. And so, so much of it is changing our perspective. However, passing that on to our kids sometimes can be a bit of a challenge. So I want to talk about that in the next episode, but we are out of time for today. Uh, Katie, tell us where we can find out more about you and your ministry and what you've got going on. Of course, we would love to serve you if you come over and visit theflamingoadvantage.com. Everything we have there, podcast, books, speaking, it's all there. We'd love to see you. Sounds great. We'll put that link in the show notes, of course, as we always do. You guys, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you stay till the very end so you can hear a clip of what's coming up next on the podcast. If you've not yet watched the movie Schoolhouse Rocked, The Homeschool Revolution, watch it. You guys, it has subtitles. Did you know that? It actually has Spanish subtitles. We have subtitles in... Spanish, German, um, I think French, um, uh, several different languages. And um, it's just incredible. Portuguese, it's really neat to see how God has brought people to us, literally has brought people to us and said, hey, can we translate this movie into this language? And so you can stream it for free at schoolhouserockedmovie.com. Watch it with the subtitles and enjoy it with your family and friends. You can find everything at schoolhouserocked.com. Have a great day. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com slash rocked. 1 Thessalonians 5.24, faithful is he that calls you, who also will do it. So if this is something God has called you to do for our children, obeying our parents, um, helping with family responsibilities um, as we get older, right? Your actual purpose and calling in life, your job, your career, your vocation, the way you're going to impact people in the world, all of this he's promised to do through us. So it's not so much about us doing it as being willing and saying, yes, Lord, I'll do this. Help me 